Hey everyone. So um, I'm going to speak about kind of having sort of slayed the dragon. It was a very long experience to get finally get to this place. Um, but once you do, once you truly um, face up, like really face the evil uh, or whatever your trauma is, um, and it's an actual energetic blockage, uh, what happens afterwards is almost like you're leaving, you know, Vietnam during the 60s and the war's going on. You've been in at war, you know, for or in these trenches, this horrible place for a long time. And you, you don't, you've never realized it. it's like being a fish in a fishbowl. You don't know that you've been there. It's like if you were born blind, you don't know that you're blind, right? You don't, you don't know what it's like not to be blind. If somebody suddenly operates you and says, you know, you can see, it's like, huh? And that's very much what it's like if you know, when you finally, you know, get to the Holy Grail and you finally face, and this was energetic, it was an ayahuasca ceremony, you finally face um, this evil that's kept you underwater or that particular trauma or that particular event. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be as dramatic, but it must be terrifying if it's frozen in trauma. So... For me, the aftermath has been literally like scouring the battlefield with a helicopter. I never realized how awful it really was, just absolutely awful. How this person was so evil and such a taskmaster, like there was no love, there was no breathing. He was on me all the time to fix him, to make him, he was a total trickster, con artist, abuser, narcissist. And so everything was about what was I going to do to, 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 to you know, make him look good? What was I going to do to save his life, right? Because he, he knew he was a fucking loser. So he was going to use anyone. First he used my mother, then he used her family, then he used me. And you can't see... It's like, you know, if you grow up in a cellar, that's all you know is a cellar, right? You only see, um, and even though it's, I always think of those people in Brooklyn who wear all that insane garb from the 50s and black, and it's, you know, 100 degrees out there, and they're wearing these huge fur hats. It's like, how do they walk around in that garb, you know, when, you know, half of New York is naked, basically, or, you know, tits are swinging, and like, you know, shorts are shorts, and you know, men are walking on their shirts off, like how, how can you still, you know, be confined to a particular way of thinking? And that's because you're wired up to it. And, um, and if you're wired up, you know, to being kept in a cage like a dog and food being thrown at you, that's kind of what you know to be family. I mean, I hate to be so crude because it's a horrific thought, but it's true which is why you know, kids have so many issues leaving abusive places. They just don't know what they're going through. And I had no idea what this man had done to me. I mean, you know, selling me on the street for money, sending me to be abused. This guy was a complete cunt and con man. And then this constant drumbeat of you know, just you know, having to do well at school and just constantly like, you know, fix me, fix me, fix me. It was just 
a Shanghaiing, it was a complete and utter takeover, and it was a taskmaster. So in my system, I had that taskmaster. Let's just keep going. There's no time for you, for me in this instance, in my trauma, to just sit down and make a decision from me. Like, well, what do I want here? You know, what does my life really look like? What do I want from life? No, it was just going, going, going. Like, there's like you're being chased by a fucking dragon, basically. You're not doing anything because you've contemplated it or you know you've understood how you're connected to your soul and you do it as an outcome of your connection to your heart and your soul no you do it because it's a fucking dragon and if there's fire coming out of its nostrils behind you um then you're just gonna you know there's either extinction or or, or survival the amazing thing about this medicine so first of all you don't even know because you've been in it for so long, right? So when she comes, the ayahuasca comes to clean you up, it's a major toxic waste dump. I mean, you've lived in that swamp. I lived in that swamp. I was born in that swamp. I was born in that hell hole, the seven circles of hell. So for her to surface me, which is really to cleanse off all the energies of these people, him, her, everyone, and all their vile, disgusting, intentions and selfishness and masochism and sadomasochism. I mean, it was just, oh my God. And the taskmaster, that just your whole system is always on alert or vigilance for death, for the threat. There wasn't an ounce of caring at all. It was all calculation, strategy, you know, how are you going to make me look good? You will be king and I will be free. That was how my brain, it was like, I need to make you king. And then once I've accomplished the goal of making you worthy of existence, then I get to have my life. It's horrific. Horrific. Complete narcissistic piece of evil. Now... Whatever, and this, again, this is just my thing that I had to face. I had to go in finally on my, you know, 12th ceremony of ayahuasca and just demand my power back. But to demand my power back, I had to see what he truly did, like in real time, right? Like, I'm coming in now, I'm done. And it's almost like an explosion. You know, you're done, you're it, but... The aftermath is you get the reverberations of having faced, until you face the predator, you cannot see them in their entirety. You cannot see them for who they truly are. You can't see them. You're on their payroll, you can't see them, you're blinded. A lot of my paintings, I'm blinded. You won't see them, you can't, you have to survive. You, there's no, you know, you're just, yes, yeah, like they say the 80-20, right? You just don't see the, actually it's more like 20 hours and then 80 was just gone, right? So, you know, this is a very, 
Um, yeah, this is this is a very. Um, yeah, the way that we get trapped in in trauma is huge. We're cooked there, we're built there, and it's like a goldfish bowl. You can't leave it. You've been wired up with all of it. So, it, so you, for me, I just reinvented them and just made it work. It was like living in hell and trying to make it Tahiti. It was a constant reinvention of accommodating hell. But again, I just got used to accommodating hell and making it work. I thought that's what life was, right? That's how I'm going to survive. But in that final act, what you're doing is you're facing down the trauma and you're facing the truth of it. And once you face the predator, whatever was done to you, and you, you really face it and you go, okay, let me see it or I want to see it, right? Then you get your power back. And when you get your power back, is when you f see the full landscape of who these people are. Like, I literally had not a clue. I had reinvented, I'd found, you know, if I saw a tiny drop of water, I made it into an ocean to keep making them work. Because you have no power, you're vulnerable, and these are your parents, and what are you going to do, blah, 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 right? So you're going to make that work no matter what. And therein lies trauma. You can't leave. You're stuck there. You are not doing anything. You're stuck there with them. And you're connected and you're wired up. And it's like you're in the cake that's been baked, like you're in. So yeah, the power of this incredible medicine is that it literally you know, unbakes the cake. And it gets you to the moment that for me was deeply, deeply buried. I was literally saw myself on the bottom of the ocean looking up. I mean, he just came in and just wiped me out in that first moment he sent me out to be abused. I must have been three or four. I had to get to that first moment which I saw in my final ceremony where he's holding me on the street I was in this room, my legs were shaking. Horrific, what they were doing to me. Not even a dog, right? So I didn't, had no access to this. I had access to him bullying me. I had access to him, you know, demanding that I do well and screaming at me if I didn't. And I had no, but the rest was a con, I had no idea. So for her, for this incredible medicine to get me there, and then to clean it all out so I could finally, you know, I think one of the most powerful things that the ayahuasca does is she, she surrounds you with love. You know, the way she works is that she brings enormous love to you so that you can continue to be operated on energetically, so you can continue to be dissolved and dissolved and dissolved. And this thing, this energy, this evil was just, all over me. I was completely blanketed. I was shrouded in that man's evil. Like the taskmaster was all over me. There wasn't a, a, a scratch of love anywhere or care. So that thing was in my energetic system, the taskmaster. Like, don't, there's no stopping, just keep going. 
Just keep doing for the sake of doing. It's like you're on this, you're, you're like an energizer bunny, you're just on all the time. Why? You don't know, but you're just on. So you have to meet the predator. You have to meet the person that set up the conditions. You have to face that predator down. And a lot of people don't want to do it because it's a parent. And they don't want to break that relationship with the parent. And they'll entertain whatever to keep that cake baked. Because they don't know what happens afterwards. Right? I'd rather know the evil than be in the unknown of not knowing who I am. And that's one of the things you have to go in with and understand is that I never knew who I was before the trauma. I have no clue of who I am without that. And one of the things that when the final piece is taken, it's almost like half your brain has been taken out, right? You've, you've only lived in this place as, you know, in conjunction, tied to, wired to this, whatever the, your trauma, your personal predator. I was wired to this evil. I was this, this horrific, you know, dungeon keeper was all over me. It was in my system energetic, and I can actually see it. It's like, wow. As I move out, I move to, to you know, it's almost like you begin to walk again, like you begin to be who you are again. And it's frightening because you don't know who you are without it, right? If you've been, you know, if you've had one leg for 60 years and somebody says, no, you actually have two legs. It's like, huh? Well, how do I function with two legs? I've only known, my whole life has been adapted to one leg. So there's a whole readjustment of your system. Now, again, I've always said this, the ayahuasca is going to clean you if you commit to, you know, the system of how she works. And again, for me, it's a she, right? So, but you have to do the work. You have to sit. And afterwards, when you come out of it and you are like in a helicopter overlooking kind of the scorched earth horror movie of where you've lived, you also have to take the steps to leave. So it's almost like, you know, you can keep taking ayahuasca forever. It's not going to do the trick. The ayahuasca is there to help you. It's like a, to, to get your muscle ready for you to walk again, for you to, you know, function again. It's going to tear down the old code, but then you have to build the new one, right? Just because I did ayahuasca and I you know, face the predator and she gave me the tools and the love. I, I mean, I, I had to face the predator. She didn't face it. She put it in front. I had to let myself see the truth. I think that's it. She's only there, like, you know, giving me love, showing me pieces of him, etc. But in the end, I or you must face it. I kept sitting because I had to give myself, you know, the courage to face it. I, through the help and love of the ayahuasca and the cleansing, I found the courage within me that had been shut down by this evil as a child from the terror to come in and say, right, that's it. I want to see everything. I want to see it. I'm ready. I'm willing to face the truth of the horror. 
right? And then when you do, you puke and you know, your energetic system is relieved of this, this thing, right? But you have to be, it's, it's almost like they take your courage and your power because you're little, and then you come back and go, no, motherfucker, I'm gonna now I wanna see it. It takes a while because you've been trapped there as the child, not as the adult, as the child. But the adult in you says, no, I want, I'm ready. You know, you kind of, she's prepping you and your child and your whole system for the showdown with the evil. And it's almost like, it's almost like you don't even, it's not even you. It's like, for me, the evil was all over my body. So the showdown, I wasn't even here. The takeover was so, so huge. So it was literally like a battle between the ayahuasca, the good and the light and this evil. In fact, I was in a ceremony where, a while back, where like I was just snakes were coming out of me. And it was the dark, they'd taken over. And ayahuasca just kind of blew up in this Herculean Roman soldier stadium. So this evil was just, I was just, just thrown into a pool of evil. And I had to accommodate that place. And, you know, his wife was also his, you know, his disciple in a way. His, his, I mean, she prays for this piece of evil. It's just insane. So, but again, when you're in it and you're living in it and you're, you've been wired there, you can't see anything. It's just complete, just like blindness. And the ayahuasca, she cleanses you is little by little, this whole energetic landscape continent is opened up. So as I've said before, it's like you're leaving, you get further and further away. And once you finally face it down, you literally are like in a helicopter leaving a scorched earth Vietnam that you've been living in that was just full of just landmines and hell and killing and just ugh. And you get to see the whole landscape of this evil and this person or whatever it is that happened to you. Plus, you know, the, the rest of everything, and you know, how people became, were like him, you know. But it was so cold-hearted and it was just sadomasochistic. This man was a sadomasochist. He was this vile, strategic, you know, just rotten human being con man, an abuser, this kind of stealth, kind of quiet, manipulative dirtbag that said nothing but was just, you know, yuck. And he was really no one. In fact, I saw in a ceremony where he couldn't get a job when he arrived, which is why he ended up using me. And then when they threw him out of the company, and he threw him out of the company because he was stealing money, um, he again was the same, he couldn't get a job. So it was like, he was a loser. So instead of owning it and making an effort and, I don't know, washing dishes, he's like, I I'm just below me, right? I need to sell my kid. Horrific. So, you, so as a, I couldn't see this of him. I mean, I was completely blinded and terrified and infantilized. And that's the other thing is it, it you know, you're, you're out of the infantilized stage. You can, it kind of just you know, opens up this whole place that was stuck. And I would say most of me was stuck, you know. Some people have a little trauma. Mine was massive because the effect was massive. So 
when you come out, it's like baby steps in like, it's almost like coming out of a dungeon and you haven't seen the light in 60 years. And um, and now you're like, wow, huh? And it's like, the, it, it, you could, it's like you're coming out, you're just beginning to trust, like you're just learning how to walk and you're beginning to, tr you know, it's like learn what it is to like be here now, like in this present moment. And then, you know, you get, you see these other, the, other, the energy of what that task master is around, like he, you know, what he did, it was like, oh my God. So one of the things that was my kind of addiction, so to speak, or my way to sort of just not be in terror was, you know, I find it, it's very soothing for me to watch reality TV shows or Netflix. It's soothing because the rest of the days were like, I had this taskmaster. I was never here. I was just under pressure all the time to fix him, to, you know, make him something. You know, it's like, so even though they're dead, that system is already in your system, right? You're always, you know, doing it. You're, you're fulfilling the code. So I would you know, blitz on reality TV shows or whatever or Netflix and like I'd watch like five episodes in a go because it's a way for my brain not to be on, you know, the world's going to fall apart any minute now and we're all going to die and let's just keep going, doing it. Doesn't, doesn't matter what I'm doing, I'm just going to keep doing something, like something, right? And so, you know, somebody might... Again, I'm lucky I didn't stick a needle in my arm, but could easily have been heroin. I mean, you know, but I just managed it well enough that I could function. And then, you know, when it gets overwhelming, well, I can just put on Netflix and disappear. I'm not, I'm out of the taskmaster mode. I can just watch somebody else's life as a train wreck, right? It's a form of Valium, really. It's a form of soothing. Because in the world, it was terrifying. And again, it's just all in your system. It was terrifying, it was demanding, it was death. Just the dragon was always chasing me with a fire, right? And even though it was in a past, it's, it's an energy that's around you that's making, that's, you know, when you come up and out, it almost, it's beginning to fade, right? It's just the resonance of that. You can see from this helicopter, you know, looking down, the scorched earth horror movie that you were in. So it there's a distance to it. There's a distance starts showing up. And one of the things that, and I, and I think it'll be the same, so something might feel very electrified and ignited if there's a lot of trauma around it, and it's terrifying. So somebody was talking to me about, um, she was mad, you know, she has an ex and she's still connected to him and because he owes her money. And so there's a lot of anger and rage in that connection. So when I was married, the same thing, went to horrible divorce, there's tons of anger and rage, right? Why is there ignition? Well, because you're connected and wired to them, right? You've made a pact with them and it went wrong or whatever. 
So all your anger and your rage is wired up to them. They ignite that if they did something bad to you, whatever. It doesn't, I mean, I'm, this is not a judgment thing. I'm just saying in general, right? So whatever it is in your life that ignites anger and rage, right? That's taking up your energetic space. So you need to leave that behind, right? You need to... So, you know, if... if, if if you're giving it attention, it's taking up energy. It's taking up space in your energetic field. It's blocking you. So in my own divorce, too, there was tons of anger and rage. And But the more I left it, because so they always wanted to be to ignite. And again, this is not a judgment call. It's just the way things happen in life, right? Just, just looking at it from a, a practical perspective. If you're ignited by anger and rage, you're wired up to them. So the thing is to leave. You have to find a way to leave that. I made a decision that, okay, I'm done. I'm not, we're not talking anymore. I just can't talk because they were looking always, they wanted to still be engaged. So it was like always looking for that ignition. So once you leave, so the power of that rage begins to dissolve. I have a friend who's still in it, you know, still payback or whatever. But the thing is that you have a certain amount of life energy, right? It's a certain time that you're here before you dissolve, right? And my, le my learning is like, get out of that anger and rage. Like have it, like I had it against this evil for two years. It was just massive, you know. Sometimes you need the rage to get your power back if they've taken your power. Like those two years of calling him cunt literally every moment got me out of you know, my child being able to face him because the overwhelm was so huge, right? So, but the, the, in the end, you want to be out of that. It's important if we have feelings for a reason, you know, they need to be administered and used and, you know, they're there to tell us what's going on. But at some point, you can't get stuck there forever. You have to eventually get out. And you get out, certainly I got out of this by constantly confronting him and the situation so I could fully see the situation. I could fully let myself feel the rage that had been stored in my system. And as you, for me, the more I was able to release the toxic poison of rage which I had for him the more I was kind of being rebirthed I wasn't going to repress that rage I wasn't going to pretend it didn't happen I was fully on to see it and in the same way that when I was getting divorced that rage finally dissipated and when it dissipated then I had no more connection to the person so the person like just dissolves and it's no longer taking up space in your energetic field. In the same way, I see all of this work. This was a very different thing because it was very buried. I was very young. So this trauma was huge and packed and was deeply buried in, in the universe, in the earth, so to speak. So the AUS got to do a lot of digging to get me out energetically. And with it, release my rage, which is the rage of you know now and also the rage of the child. It's very difficult to have all that rage against a parent. So it was, it was a different thing, but it's the same thing. It needs to be unearthed and felt and released 
and cleansed. And in so doing, you get yourself back because you've faced down the predator or whoever hurt you. You know, you're no longer scared of them. You're willing to see everything. You get your courage back. Because it's, it's, it's the act of a coward to hurt a child. It just is. They know it's a child, for fuck's sake, right? So allow the rage to pour out of you. Allow it. A child thinks it's going to overwhelm you, right? But now as an adult, you can allow it to be. That's what the great ayahuasca does. She gives you the cushion for you to see it. Allow the poison to come out over and over until you're exhausted. All of this connects you and keeps you connected and wired to the trauma and to the predator. All the things that you cannot express, see, feel, etc., keeps you blocked and connected to the predator. So to go into it, to release all of it, however long it takes, five minutes, 50 years, it can no longer have any impact on you. You basically are unburying yourself and getting yourself back. And they are losing the power they have over you. So eventually, like the person I was married to, it almost doesn't even exist in my brain. There's no space in my brain for him. I don't even remember what the fuck he looks like. I vaguely remember. And the same thing with this. Eventually, he won't even exist or matter. And I think that's a marvelous thing. What this has taught me about energy is if there is a trauma, an unresolved trauma connected to someone, you are held in captivity and blocked from growth. And there are systems and mechanisms and plants that allow you energetically to face the situation, the predator. And it's in your system. It's in your body. It's in your stomach, in your legs. It's all over your body. And you are basically unearthing yourself, right? You are dissolving this armor that has you in captivity by revisiting it, by unearthing it, by feeding the feelings. They can't, in the same way that I was wired up with a husband for all sorts, and again, I take responsibility for all sorts of wrong reasons, but but there was an emotional wiring that was dissolved, so they no longer can exist, right? So you're released. In the same way in early trauma too, you're wired up emotionally, very powerfully, especially as a power play, it was over a child. So that ignition needs to be released, and with it, the rage, the whatever that comes up. Energy, the second law of thermodynamics is nothing is created, nothing is destroyed, everything is just refurbished. So literally there's a, they say there's a constant amount of energy in the universe. And how it manifests can either keep you in jail or keep you out, keep you in trauma or not. I'm released by the ayahuasca because I faced it and that kind of blocked energy was opened up. So there's a flow. But with it was a whole narrative and story about how I was kept there, right? And all the feelings. and all. It's almost like a bomb that's wired up with all these different wires. Each one has to be 
detonated so the whole thing can no longer have any energy or power. Right? It, once it's un, unwired, it doesn't have any power. And it is released and dissolved. And there's tons of feelings. There's, you know, it's not just rage, it's guilt, it's obligation, it's all the horror of the stuff that they made you feel. It's many, it's a many, it's a it's a many pronged thing. So, but it's energy that's happening. It's all built as energy. So again, it's like water, you know, steam, ice. There are different conditions of you. And they don't have to be stuck in one place. You can dematerialize it, basically, when you do ayahuasca. But you have to do the work. And so I was brought there, I was shown, I committed to my healing. It's been five years of ayahuasca and 13 and a half years of meditation. It doesn't matter the time. The thing is to be fully present. You are not fully present if there's trauma. Something owns you. Something is blocking you from the full expression of your consciousness. And it makes sense if there's, you know, a constant amount of energy in the universe, could be completely wrong, that's what they say, everything is just transforming from one thing to the other. So if it's always transforming, it means that energy can be transformed if it's stuck. And energy is stuck in human beings through emotions, through trauma, through fear. And it's almost afterwards you realize, like, well, this is just ongoing all the time. We're always in a state of transformation. How blocked we are depends on how much consciousness we have. And blockage comes from fear. Fear paralyzes you. But fear can be dissolved and your energy can flow again. Fear is a massive blockage. That's why they use it all the time, whether it's in advertising or in politics or whatever. The potential of your death keeps you blocked. But one of the things about the ayahuasca is death doesn't really matter. It sounds crazy, I know, because we're very ego-driven, right? But in the end, it's just another transition. It's just another transition. And if your identity is made out of trauma, it's, been, it's made out of fear. So everything I did in life was not done from a desire. It was done out of terror. There's no life force in terror. Right? So it's a dissolving of terror and a return to, and in a way, it's almost like you die in ayahuasca, right? I'm talking metaphorically. It doesn't really matter. What you realize at the end is like, all of this trauma and stuff is all wired up and terrifying, but in the, in the end, I'm still gonna die anyway, right? So why not live this piece of consciousness in the most fluent way possible and be here?
So terror and fear are the great paralyzers of life. They don't allow the energy to transform. They don't give you bigger. It reduces your consciousness. Your experience of life is reduced. I'm still going to die. The ayahuasca doesn't take away the, 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 the natural you know, processes of, you, of, of, of life. But what happens is it doesn't really matter if I die. Because I'm just energy. And that's what you see if you go into this ayahuasca journey and you move into these places. These blockages come from fear, from horror. I mean, this guy was evil. But they can be undone. And you, what you get back, so, you know, in the same way that the person I was married to no longer really exists, doesn't really matter. This too eventually will not matter. It will take a while to fade out completely because it was such a massive operation. And it was so hidden and so wired and so vile. But it's eventually just, it won't even exist. It won't even... The fact that it's blocked means you're still, it's you're holding on to it, right? It's like, say, holding on to that last piece of wood in the ocean. You just have to leave the wood and trust the ocean, trust the universe. That's what it's like. It's like, okay, now it's up to you. You can do whatever you want. You get your power back. Now you can decide how you're going to use your energy. I'm still going to die. But at least, the, you know, what I have left is mine to play with. To explore with. You know, you're no longer in the vault. You're no longer on that. For me, it was a war zone. I was literally born into hell. You get your power back. You get your choice back to do with your life whatever it is that you want to do. Not built out of fear. No. I know for real I'm going to die. And that's like something you sort of get when you do the ayahuasca journey because there is a sort of death. But it doesn't really matter because you're not that important. <laughs> because this is all one big kind of closed system that's just manifesting different aspects of it and you just happen to be one of them. It's all one thing, one energetic system. And you're one little light in that system. And you will go out and you'll come back as something else and, you know, it'll keep, it's the most creative thing in life, right? It'll throw out another one in a different form and it will do whatever, right? So the great teaching is that there are blockages wired very, in a very sophisticated way that are like bombs. And they're you know, held as blockages because of terror, especially if they happened early on. You can get into that blockage with the ayahuasca and basically detonate it and eventually dissolve it and actually be rid of it completely. And what you get back is the choice to build a life from you and from love. I mean, of course, there are always, I don't know what's going to happen, but at least my intention, 
as I'm hearing, consciousness means that I can actually build something from me, from love. Not from a manufactured defense mechanism, not from fear, but from being connected to who I am. Because I was released from that blockage and captivity and evil, because it's evil. If somebody tries to stop you living or steals your life force, it's evil. And it exists, no doubt about it, right? It's like everywhere, in one form or the other. But the fact that we have a medicine that can take us into that, you know, bomb, into that blockage, and release us from that captivity is insane. So, yeah, you know, once you're leaving the landscape with a helicopter, you're going, what the fuck? It's like, I didn't even know it was this bad. Okay, bye. <laughs>